So I just finished a really interesting conversation with Mina Elias, who is an MMA fighter. He is a chemical engineer and an industrial engineer. He also is a seven-figure supplement seller on Amazon. And we talk about how he used Amazon PPC to launch his products. We talk about the process of selling supplements and how easy or difficult it is, as well as uh, how MMA has helped him in his uh, business from a mindset perspective. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Uh, this is Liron Hirschkorn, your host of the e-commerce mindset show brought to you by Incrementum Digital, which is my Amazon uh, advertising agency where we help you grow your brand and sales on Amazon using the power of Amazon ads and DSP. And in this interview, um, we'll talk about some strategies for launching products using uh, Amazon advertising. Hope you enjoy this episode with Mina Elias. I'm super excited to have Mina Elias uh, with us today on the show. Uh, Mina, often called the Egyptian prescription, uh, is a seven-figure seller on Amazon. He sells uh, supplements. He also leverages Amazon's uh, advertising to compete with some of the biggest brands on Amazon. He's launched over a dozen successful supplements and owns multiple supplement brands. He also helps sellers um, through consulting and teaching them Amazon uh, PPC. Mina is also an MMA fighter. Uh, he has a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and a master's in industrial engineering. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Liron. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. So um, let's dive um, right into it. Um, how did you get to start uh, selling on Amazon and getting into getting into supplements? So, um, you know, I always wanted to to get into supplements. I've been passionate about supplements since I was a kid. Um, like I used to go to the mall with my mom. I remember this and we'd like I'd be like, just leave me here at GNC and uh, like do go do your shopping. And I would stay there for like two hours, like reading every single like product and label and like marketing claim and everything. And uh, I just, I was so attracted to it. I, it just came naturally. And um, so as I, you know, got older and started working out and taking supplements, I was always like making my own supplements at home because nothing, you, you know, like nothing's ever as good as when you make it yourself, like, and mm -hmm. you know, you add a little bit extra this and a little bit extra yeah. that. So I was, you know, I was always into that. And um, in 2018, I was, my dad was, I was like um, on the couch with my dad at a cafe or something. And I was like scrolling, looking for um, a protein supplement. And my dad's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for a protein supplement, but none of them like have like this thing that I'm looking for. And he's like, why don't you just start making your own? I was like, yeah, I mean, I do that. I just like would like to just buy it, uh, you know, easy. And he said, no, I'm, I mean, like start a company and start selling them. And I said, hmm, I mean, I don't know. Is it feasible? Like, what, what, I didn't know anything about, like, starting companies. It seemed like it was, like, a very big thing to start a company, mm -hmm. right? And yep. so I started doing some research and looking into it. And, hey, it wasn't that hard. I, I ran some numbers, obviously, you know, very, very badly because you don't take into account the marketing and all, like, the cash flow issues that you're going to run into. But I, I ran the numbers on the cost of goods sold. And I was like, wow, I mean, this stuff sells for like $30, $40. You can make it like less than $10. So that's a lot of profit, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not taking into account, obviously, Amazon fees and all that kind of stuff. And I said, let's go for it. So 
you know, I started the company and uh, I said, I'm going to start with one supplement, see how it goes. I was going to sell it like at the different gyms. Um, and I was at this uh, MMA event, right, that my friend had hooked me up with a free booth. And um, I was selling. I uh, It was like my um, my first event. Uh, I made the, the batch at home, you know, put the labels on myself and everything. And I went there and I went with 40 and I sold 25 that day. And I said, wow, I mean, people are buying it like 25 times, like 30. And I started doing the numbers. I said, okay, this is good. So how do I do this? I can't go to an event every single day. And people kept asking me, where can we buy this? Um, and my website wasn't set up for e-commerce or anything. I didn't know anything about, about selling stuff. And so I said, it's going to be on Amazon soon. I, like, uh, you know, kind of like a lie, but right. not really because it ended up happening. And right. so I went home that night and just did like a you know one of those deep searches where you're like one youtube video to the next one google search to the next and looked up everything on how to sell on amazon and i think like two three weeks later i started selling on amazon i was i was uh i called seller central i said hey i want to sell my supplements like what do you need and they said you need an invoice certificate of analysis um and images of the product and i said okay easy uh, you know did it and s submitted it and um was approved right off the bat and did you or at that point did you switch from making it yourself to having it made at a facility yeah so obviously i knew that i couldn't come up with an invoice if i was making it myself and it, it wasn't scalable so i reached out to a bunch of the people that i had so, like sourced the products the raw ingredients from uh -huh. and um i got shot down by four and the fifth guy said yeah i'll make a, a blend for you and in like all all um all along i thought hey i was just gonna buy the raw ingredients in bulk and i was like, gonna bring someone in to like mix them up um like at home and i was gonna pay him like you know let's say like a dollar per product or something so right. i had like a, a little gauge of how much this product was gonna cost me plus labor and that person came in like right there and so i said hey perfect you know this is the perfect price and everything and i said all right let's go for it I ordered a hundred units from him uh, and shipped it straight to Amazon, uh, which obviously we can go, go into the mistakes. That that was the first mistake I made was I didn't even have any quality assurance or checking. I just trusted that he was going to you know, right. do it right. And everything was good. Right. And so what's, what is, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about that for people who want to get into selling the supplements. Um, what is the quality sort of assurance? Like, I, I don't know anything about that. I, make products in China and I go have an inspection made and have somebody, you know, look at the products, make sure there's no flaws. They, they pick a certain random percentage and then give me a report. What does that look like in terms of, uh, of the supplements? You send somebody to make sure they, they're using the right quantity of ingredients like before they make the product or, or do they just test a random sample after the fact? Um, so that your report. See, that's the worst, the like the most difficult thing, because uh, for you, let's say like you're selling bags, you can say you send the inspector, say, look at the bags, like see Correct. if there's any any damages. But for supplements, I can't say, OK, every batch, send it to a lab to test it. It's just it's going to be a crazy amount of money um, right. to like to test it. And then if the manufacturer wants to kind of take shortcuts anyways, you can say, okay, what is this guy testing for? And let me like fool him, you know, a different way. So it's very important to just, you know, go to a very trustworthy uh, manufacturer. In terms of uh, the quality control that I do, uh, I'm lucky because my manufacturer is 30 minutes away. We have a, an incredible relationship. Um, I go I visit the facility once a week and um, 
I look at the products uh, physically and I taste them. Uh, in terms of the ingredients that are going in, it's I honestly just trust that he's going to do the right thing um, mm-hmm. and that he's going to put the right ones. But it, it just it's not really feasible uh, to test every single and, and that's why the, there's a lot of uh, like a bad reputation on the supplement industry is because I, I was just having a conversation with someone I said man you know during like that whole elderberry thing when elderberry uh, sales exploded I said yeah um, I could have just gotten like gummy bears and put them in, in like uh, those like uh, clear containers and put a, a elderberry sticker on them and they would have sold and it just kind of this is it speaks to how um, corrupt the supplement industry can be is if, if you're not partnered with the right manufacturer, you really can get hurt. Um, they can take shortcuts. They can use lower quality ingredients. They can, uh, you know, if I switch, you know, leucine with glutamine, you're not going to know. They they're pretty much stays the same. It's just powder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like you get a direct effect uh, on your body. So uh, that's, yeah, it's, it's one of the struggles and it's one of the things where you either, you know, have your own facility or you're just going to have to partner with someone you trust. And it makes it difficult in terms of competing, right? Because you might need, you may be producing a higher quality supplement and paying more for the raw ingredients and you're competing against, you know, somebody else who isn't necessarily doing that. They can sell for cheaper, um, but maybe they're, they're still, you know, and maybe they're doing some review uh, generating on Amazon to bump up the number or, or whatever, or people just don't mm-hmm. know. Right. I mean, I personally take, I don't know, seven, eight, nine different, I don't know, a bunch of different supplements every single day. And I just kind of trust, like I take an immune mushroom, right. I don't necessarily feel that it's kind of like a preventative. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't really know if it's doing anything or not. I just take it based on trust and the company that I'm buying it from. Um, yeah. So it doesn't make, I mean, does it sort of pose challenges in terms of competing with people that are cutting corners? Yeah, it, it's definitely a big challenge. And, and I'll tell you one challenge I recently faced. So um, I, my product uh, is, is naturally and artificially flavored. And so I went to my manufacturer and I said, uh, you know, hey, hey, let's just make this all natural, right? Mm-hmm. For the people, um, you know, because I don't want any artificial stuff. He said, Right. Okay, I'm a, I'm going to make it naturally flavored like a sample and I want you to compare. And I tasted it and I said, "Oh, this tastes horrible." He's like, "Yeah, that's cuz it's naturally flavored." And I said, "Well, how come this guy he says it's all naturally flavored and it tastes amazing?" He said, "Come on. Like, what do you think? He they just did not say naturally right. and artificially flavored on the label." And that kind of got me thinking and it's like Wow, that is kind of uh, um, unfair because people mm-hmm. can just, you know, do all these different things, you know, not put ingredients in there, put ingredients, say you have like a very expensive ingredient, but only put like a tiny bit of it. Um, and that's another thing with the proprietary blends is why I always stay away from them because a proprietary blend, if anyone doesn't know, uh, as long as like they have a pinch of, of any of the ingredients in there, you're good. So if I say there's a proprietary blend of like reservatrol and like glutamine and mm-hmm. reservatrol is obviously very expensive glutamine is cheap and then i put like a pinch of reservatrol and then 99.9 percent glutamine that's completely you know F, uh, fda compliant uh, labeling so and, and there's is proprietary mm-hmm. blend uh kind of bs it is yeah 100 percent. yes 
because there's there's no reason that you should you're not like inventing um like something new like a formula that if someone copies you they're gonna sell like you you can copy the formula it all goes back to the marketing so um when they just do proprietary blends it's all simply so that they can hide the amounts of what they're putting in so right. that they can put more of the cheap and less of the expensive that's the way i look at it there's no other reasoning to to do that right and 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 with supplements if you want to reverse engineer the amounts uh that somebody put in of of some of something can you do that in the lab by sort of uh, reverse engineering the the exact ingredients and the the amounts. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely use like mass spectrometers and things like that, and mm -hmm. you can easily just uh, you know because what you do is you you put a sample of that one ingredient and then you put a sample of the of the product and mm -hmm. then like based on certain values, it'll say okay co when we compare the that one ingredient versus the product, there's like sixteen percent of that. So that's you can easily tell but it's just going to cost you money so the whole proprietary blend thing it's just it, it it's really not for anything it, it, there's no blend of supplements that's really that you need to hide it, right on. like it's just supplements it's not it's not like you know things that pfizer are making you know what i'm talking about right right absolutely so so let's talk about supplements a little bit um mm -hmm. it seems um yeah i've thought about getting into into supplements i've never never kind of pushed a button on it or really um, explored it. But it seems like there's so many advantages or upsides to getting into supplements. There's obviously a lot of, I think, you know, potential difficulties like you're talking about. But from, you know, getting a, getting a product to somebody that they may purchase over and over again to sourcing in the U.S. to potentially getting started you know, without necessarily a tremendous amount of money. Um, there's all these things that are like, and I, by the way, I, I feel like when I talk to sellers, a lot of times it's like supplement sellers kind of wish they were in other categories and people in other categories wish they weren't supplements. So I feel like everybody thinks the grass is always greener, like on, you know, China one-off products versus like supplements or health and beauty or, or whatever. But it seems like this, you know, um, it seems like this great, area to get into uh source of product from the u.s have a good product get people to buy the product over and over and over and over again like how hard really is it to get into supplements and and does it make a difference if it's you know very niche um you know is it much easier if it's i'm going for like a smaller sort of niche uh solution um and you know what does it really take like money wise to get you know one supplement going so th that's a, a good loaded question in terms of <laughs> is it is it um like how competitive and all that stuff I, I can't really say that because um i haven't really gone into other like uh, categories where i can say oh i was in the supplement category and i was in like this like the baby category and then the right. baby category is much easier so i i mean for me i don't view it as competitive but uh, a very good analogy would be like it's like opening a restaurant or like a pizza a pizza place right mm -hmm. you know it's it, how are you going to set your pizza apart from all like the thousand other you know pizza places out there and it, that's the exact same way i look at it is i basically i mean the way i make my supplements hydrolyte and stuff is based on me as a as an athlete mm -hmm. what do i want to take what do i want to see in my products, it's going to help me perform better. And then 
what are all these other uh, sellers lacking that I can improve on? And it's basically just finding, you know, a problem and, and making a better fix to and, it. Now, the, the great, go ahead. No, I was going to say is the fact that you have a, you know, chemical engineering degree. I mean, does that help you? Like, did you formulate this and, and, you know, mm-hmm. should some, how difficult or is it a big disadvantage for somebody who knows nothing about the subject? Um, so it definitely helped me a lot because, uh, you know, I, I d- did a lot of chemical literature in, you know, while, while I was studying. So I do under understand how to like look at things um, and it, uh, like look at like papers, research papers, things like that. Also on the manufacturing side, I mean, it, there's a lot of uh, like manufacturing involved in chemical engineering and industrial engineering. So it kind of helped me on the logistics side a lot of like creating a product, creating procedures, all these kinds of things. Um, but in terms of formulations only, uh, I wouldn't say it, it's necessary because if you take the time to read the research papers, because uh, I, I would spend like hours way before I ever thought about starting a company, I would literally spend hours every single day just looking at research paper after research paper on just one ingredient, just to see is this ingredient legit? What does it do? What are the clinical studies? Did they test it on athletes or did they test it on like obese people? Does it actually work? You know, what is like the confidence level? Things like that. So, you know, just a lot of research. So if you did want to get into supplements, I don't say that you have to have a a degree uh, in like chemical engineering or chemistry, but you need to be very, very, very well read. Because it's the education, like you can get it outside of the university. You just have to put in the same hours mm-hmm. that people who are studying chemistry or whatever are putting. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I would say. But in terms of, of is it nice and, and everything, I love that my manufacturer is so close. I love the lead times. Uh, typical lead times for supplements, though, are six six to eight weeks, uh, hmm. even in the U.S. Yeah. Wow. Um, unless you find um, – also, uh, let me re- – it, it also depends on how big you are. If, if you're putting in like $300,000, $400,000 worth of orders a year with a manufacturer, you know, you can make – they'll, they'll make a few exceptions here and there, and, and they're going to be kind of nicer uh, mm-hmm. about it. Uh, yep. But I believe that's as with everything. I'm sure if you were in China um, right. and you and you're putting your your invoices are that big, they're going to be nice. Um, so yeah, I mean it is six to eight weeks, but it, the beauty is it goes. It's one day from my manufacturer's warehouse to the Amazon warehouse it takes one day. Uh, gets checked in. Right now, check-ins are kind of slow, obviously, yep. because of everything that's going on. But usually, it checks in in within like three days. So that's that's a, a good thing. Um, in terms of like how much would it cost to start, I would say I've done this many, many ways. I said, I tried to like say, okay, let me start with a small amount. Uh, and then let me start with a big amount. Starting with a small amount is great because you you can find suppliers that will, will give you only 500 unit minimums, mm-hmm. uh, and you can validate it. But once you run out of stock, it's going to hurt you a lot. So I've, I've done that once where I said, okay, I'm going to start with 500 units and then the demand was there and it was started selling good. And then I ran out of stock and it really hurt me uh, and it hurt my ranking. So I usually say start with a thousand units um, if you're actually going to like put in effort and try and get reviews and uh, things like and, and run PPC right off the bat. Yeah. And so a thousand units will probably run you like $5,000 plus, let's say, 
couple thousand for the label and other miscellaneous things. So you're looking at $7,000. Um, and that's like not saying, hey, like, let me wet my feet. It's like, you know what you're doing and, and you're ready to invest. It'll cost about $7,000 uh, to launch a new product. Got it. And and so when you're getting that 500 unit order, is that something is that basically, let's say, an off the shelf formulation, like something they're already making um, that you can basically that you're just private private labeling or can you can you make your own custom formulations? And when is when when should you decide to say, okay, I'm going to make a custom formulation or I'm going to hire you know, a professional like formulator or does the manufacturer have that to be able to, you know, create like, or, or do you need to, do you need to do that? Um, you know, when you're, when you're launching a new product. So, so uh, in terms of like the whole uh, private label, um, you know, versus custom formulation, obviously I only do custom formulation. Um, you know, because I'm I'm making things better. There's no way that I'm going to get something off the shelf that's going to be better. Now, right. if it happens that your supplier uh, or manufacturer has his own brands that are better and he's willing to uh, white label them for you, that's also <laughs> another conversation. So you could go that route. But um, yeah, uh, the majority of supplements on the market are, uh, you know, pri- like uh, white labeling. So it's like, off one manufacturing, shelf. yeah, off the shelf. One manufacturer will come up with like 20, 30, 40 different supplements. And I keep getting the emails. Here's our new catalog. Just you can, you know, buy whatever number of bottles you want. The mm-hmm. more amount you buy, the cheaper you get them. And you just stick your graphics on them. And I think that's very, very like um, sleazy in my opinion because you like these aren't good supplements. They're, they're not, you're not adding value to people's lives. So, right. Um, and in terms of can I can you do a custom formulation and 500 units because that's kind of low. Um, it depends on your relationship with the manufacturer. If you do have a good relationship, they'll allow you to do it. Right. Um, so and, I mean, so how do you how do you okay? So let's say I'm um, so I'm into you know mental clarity, right? And I say okay, I want to develop a supplement that's good for like brain function. I mean, how do I let's say somebody who doesn't know formulation say okay? you know, doing, adding a green tea extract is going to make this particular mm-hmm. supplement better. Like, how do I, what's the process in which I say, you know, like, do I, I mean, am, can I extract this information from Amazon reviews in terms of like issues they're having and how to go about making improvements or how do I go from like, okay, here's a supplement, here's an opportunity. I want to go into this niche and make a better, uh, and make a better product. So that's a really good question. So usually I start by saying, hey, I'm, I'm taking this thing. So I'm, I'm sure you're taking some mental clarity supplements. Yep. You're like, I'm taking this mental clarity supplement, but I, I don't like it. It's lacking some things. And that kind of sparks the idea. And then I have uh, two like parallel um, streams that are going on at the same time. The first thing is I'm doing the, the technical chemical literature research. And then the second thing, which in parallel happens is I'm doing marketing research. So the marketing research, obviously we know we're going to look at all the other brands, what they're doing, and I'm going to extract all of their ingredients, put them on a spreadsheet, and I'm going to extract obviously all of their issues, put them on a spreadsheet. And then in terms of the chemical uh, literature search, I'm going to look for every single ingredient ever mentioned possible that can have um, like a, a nootropic effect on the brain. And not just that, I'll also look at like 
um, the certain receptors that, that like inhibit, uh, you know, the nootropic effect or the cause it to happen. So let's say a release of a certain, um, you know, uh, uh, hormone in the body will trigger, uh, you know, um, uh, more of like a nootropic effect. I'll look at the things that affect that. So I, not just looking at things that make it happen uh, directly, but things that affect things that stop it from happening or trigger uh, like um, signals to make it happen. So I'll look at all of that, find all the, all the possible ingredients from there, put it in a spreadsheet, and then I'll start looking at the chemical, uh, like um, clinical trials for every single one, compile that, and then say, okay, you know, half of these are bunk, right? Uh, like they're they're like bro science, and the mm -hmm. other half are effective. Okay, what's the effective dose? Um, is it is it feasible? It, maybe the effective dose for something is like you know, five grams a day. I've seen that like uh, five, seven grams a day. And I'm like, okay, that's not feasible. Sometimes it's like two grams per kilogram of body weight. I'm like, that's 160 grams a day. Um, so then, then, you know, sort between that. And now that I have like a final list, I'll also go into, um, you know, the competitors, uh, negative reviews and all that stuff and say, okay, what are they lacking? Um, this thing like made me crash or this thing it gave me energy for a little bit and, and then it, it stopped. Okay, so I need to add some things that will slow down the release or have a delayed mm -hmm. release effect. And then, you know, so that's how I go about it. And then I come up with that with the final formula. Um, then I will order the raw materials off of Amazon, mix it at home myself, make like a, you know, 10 serving batch, try it on myself if it's good. I'll make some more and then give it to like a few people and say, Hey, let me know what you think. And that's good enough for me. If you know, four or five other people say, yeah, we've, we've experienced, I wouldn't even tell them what the benefits are of the thing. I'll say, take it at this time and let me know what, how you feel. And then five, you know, five, seven days later, I'll ask them. And if they all kind of say the same thing, yeah, I felt, uh, you know, I could focus a little bit more. I felt more energetic. I didn't crash till like later. Then I'm like, okay, it's work. It works. Wow. Okay. So it's definitely, it's definitely a process. And then you also need to understand like, you know, these new ingredients and putting together, like how do they also interact with each other? Right. Cause you want to make sure that Absolutely. it's not going to give uh, an issue. So it's definitely uh, a process. And, and would you say that if somebody doesn't necessarily have this level of capability, let's say, or understanding of the research, they can hire a formulator to kind of do just, just that. Absolutely. You can definitely hire a formulator, but it, it is like hiring anyone. So um, my advice would be have a very, very specific scope of work, expectations, deliverables, a timeline. Um, don't don't think that this one person is going to, you know, make magic and like uh, fix your issues and, and make this amazing formulation. It's just like, you know, hiring any other, um, you know, uh, contractor. Mm -hmm. Basically, make sure that you outline exactly what you, you need and, um, you know, say, okay, here you go. This is what I'm looking for. Um, and then b based on how well your scope is and how good that person is, you can definitely come up with something good for sure. Got it. So now how do you, so now you've done all this work, you've created what you think and what you found to be a superior product. You now put that on Amazon and generally starting out, even if you can, you know, you're kind of acquiring your first, 10 or, or 50 reviews um how do you like differentiate among a sea of bottles that all kind of look the same so that's always been the hardest thing um and it really just 
that so there's there's really I think um three or four things that buyers look at when they're looking at you in like the a whole like list of people. They look at what your bottle looks like. Uh, they look at the headline. They look at um, the price and they look at the number of reviews. So obviously right. when you're starting out, you don't have that many reviews. So you have to ask yourself, is my price uh, at a good place? Mm-hmm. If it is, it, usually a lot of supplement sellers will go for cheaper products. Um, very few do like the premium one. Um, mm-hmm. And then, the, but there are some people like the Genius brand who have premium uh, priced products uh, for premium products and they're doing very well. So there's that, then then your headline really has to position you in a way. So, you know, for example, I like make sure I say that I have a hundred servings and sugar free because a big thing in the electrolyte market is there's a ton of sugar in the products and I, you know, I don't want sugar in my, in right. my stuff. And right. then the the size of the servings kind of like, hey, my stuff is more, more bang for your buck. So just kind of things like that is how I would differentiate. And then obviously your the branding on your label, like is your sticker attractive? Do you have a unique bottle? You can definitely get uh, unique designs uh, of bottles from China. Mm-hmm. Got it. And when you say the, so you're talking about the, the bottle itself? Yeah, um, like as a physical China? container, yeah. Right. And is that what you do? You import them from, from China or just your manufacturer kind of you, you, you use what they have like in-house? Yeah, I use what my manufacturer has in-house, but I believe his stuff comes from Utah. Right. Uh, but mm-hmm. but again, like if I I've always been thinking about exploring, OK, you know, my container kind of looks like the same. What if I did something custom where the, you know, the container was like it's a square container, you know, something like that, where it's like, wow, this is unique. I haven't seen that. Got it. Um, got it. So you're, so you're, you know, essentially the, the, the answer at least seems to be in what you're doing is you're just like, you know, I know how to do on a physical product. That's not a supplement. It's kind of the same, right? You want to differentiate, you want to be able to add more value, um, evaluate other people's reviews, evaluate the landscape, obviously do your research in terms of like, is there keyword, uh, demand for this product? What do the competitors look like? But um, the answer really isn't just like, you know, go get a off the shelf, at least not in terms of how you've done it, go, mm-hmm. go get an off the shelf, uh, product. Um, Absolutely. so there's a lot of work that goes into formulating something that can add more value. And yeah, I, I my, my philosophy around product creation is kind of like that too, because if you just end up doing what everyone else is doing, eventually it's like, uh, somewhat of a race to the bottom unless you're really one of the first to come in with like something trending that you can really get ahead of uh in terms of uh in terms of reviews you want to find a way to be able to add more value than what um than what other people are are doing um now you you mentioned to me before that you don't use any uh which is very different i think than a lot of supplement sellers you're not using sort of any other launch strategies other than amazon ppc Correct. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, when I first started, I didn't know much. Uh, absolutely didn't know about the whole like search, find, buy things and ranking and giveaways and all that stuff. So all I had was what's available to me was the PPC. And, um, you know, obviously, after talking to a few people um, and uh, I'm sure you've uh, were. Did you ever end up going to like add NYC? The no. you, you know, by CPC strategy. So there was this conference and 
it was in New York City and I went to it and they said, yeah, PPC, PPC. And um, I said, okay, like, tell me everything you know about PPC. I'll, I'm going to use that. And so, you know, I basically started off doing like an auto campaign, manual campaign, and slowly like started testing and testing and learning and learning. And eventually it came, it became pretty clear that you can win just by using PPC because uh, there's, you know, two sides to Amazon. I'm sure you know this. There's people finding you and then people wanting to buy you. So when I would look at my conversion rates, my conversion rates were good mm-hmm. uh, in like the unit session percentage. So I said, okay, so the people who are clicking on me want to buy. So how do I get instead of a hundred people to, to see me and click on me, a thousand people to see me and click on me. And the answer was PPC. And so, you know, I just, started learning everything possible I could about PPC. And so far, it's been very, very successful, just getting my product out in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of uh, buyers on Amazon. And, you know, once they see my product, they see that I've differentiated, they see that I have a better offer, um, they buy it. Or a percentage of them buy it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think when you I think the best time to be very aggressive with PPC is when you're launching. Uh, mm-hmm. the product because right we know that amazon has this like unwritten you could say unwritten honeymoon period or honeymoon, you could just say yeah. that you could just say like this product doesn't have any prior sales history and if the sales are great off the bat compared to competitors then um, there isn't this like older sales history where the product was slow and it's great off the bat and so right away within the algorithm you seem to be like a a you know, great selling product. And so you get rewarded uh, very easily as opposed to trying to relaunch, re-rank um, an existing product uh, that has been slow, which takes longer because of that previous sales history. Um, and I, I believe that there is sort of this time factor built into the algorithm where, you know, if, if the sales have been slow, then you need a longer time frame of good sales through a particular keyword in order to, make a better movement in the or more movement in the in the search results so um do do you have or do you want to share um any specific ppc strategies you use when you're when you're launching a new product is it very different than let's say how you manage ppc um after and um i'll I'll share also because we have Mm -hmm. you know kind of specific campaigns we do around launch so yeah, I definitely, uh, I lose, uh, I kind of, you know, quote unquote, lose money on the launch because yep. I'm spending so much just to rank. Like you said, it's the honeymoon period. But the way I structure it is I uh, break out my auto campaigns into four, uh, close match, loose match, uh, compliments and substitutes. So I'll have those four. And then I'll have my number one top, uh, you know, highest search volume keyword, uh, just one keyword in a campaign, uh, one in broad, one in phrase, one exact. So that's another three campaigns. And then I'll do uh, my other top 10 keywords, uh, again, broad phrase and exact. And then I'll do uh, uh, like top 10 uh, com- competitors, but not like not ones. So I'll go like to like newest arrivals or something like that. And I'll find the, the easiest people that I can compete with. And mm-hmm. I'll put 10 in a product targeting campaign. Um, I'll do one category uh, targeting campaign with mm-hmm. three stars or less and more expensive. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if obviously it's a variation, which I do because I have different flavors, I'll mm-hmm. target all of my branded keywords. So anything that has my company name or my product name in it, even 
even if I launch like a protein and I'm selling like an electrolyte, I'll still target my products because if one person likes my company right. um, and they see my new product, they might buy it. And then I'll do right. a product targeting campaign for my own products as well. So um, if you ever click on one of my, and, and that's a, an amazing way to piggyback off of my existing traffic is whenever someone clicks, uh, you know, on one of my already like selling uh, products and scrolls down, they see, oh, there's a new product. I want to buy it. Uh, or like, th- I like this flavor more. I'm going to buy it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So great, great way to leverage is, is variations, right? Like you already have a good selling listing and now you're adding another flavor or another size or um, mm-hmm. something to, to be able to sort of convert more or just capitalize more on that existing traffic and reviews that you, um, that yeah. you already have. So bulletproof, um, what you're doing, um, bu- yeah, bulletproof coffee is a great example. Yep. If you got, if you want to check it out, if you scroll down under the listing, it's literally all bulletproof coffee. There's not a single competitor. So completely prevents anyone else from, from even getting on there and taking sales from them. Right. So that's a, that's a very like defensive kind of, kind of play. Right. So basically mm-hmm. That's called, you know, brand defense or like protecting, protecting your, um, your brand name by, you know, sort of controlling. And I'm, I'm actually looking at it as we talk. So, yeah, I see all the different types of coffee they offer, the ghee butter, the bulletproof bars, right? Like they're dominating. Basically, mm-hmm. they even have a um, sponsored brand product targeting um, camp uh, ad. Um, there's actually there's actually one ad from Garden of Life on there uh on their page that must have snuck in there but like yeah, yeah. the the you know 99% of the ads on the page are from bulletproof so they're just being very um you know they're they're playing defense very much on their on their listing and it's kind of a, a ppc strategy right like you can mm-hmm. you know you can play ppc offense which is doing this to your competitors and being very aggressive and using placements you know like product page placements and top of search placements um, to be very aggressive against other people's brand names uh, or product listings, um, and you could do it on your own products by um, by playing um, defense. Speaking of of bulletproof, I got my monthly delivery today uh, of bulletproof of bulletproof coffee. Uh, so I'm definitely a, a fan of bulletproof coffee uh, of specifically their their brand um of uh of coffee um so so basically so you you go into these campaigns and uh, we do i guess sort of similar we we do more um exact match keyword targeting for the keywords we kind of want to send relevant relevancy signals to amazon with top of search placement and then we also then take the keywords um we take the products that are that those um uh, that are on page one for those keywords and then we target them with ASIN targeting and product page placement, like, um, you know, mm-hmm. a, a 900% increase. And then we also run an auto campaign to start. And then after two to four weeks, we then transition into like all match types, phrase, phrase exact broad and, and kind of more um, traditional, like management of how we manage like a, a product that's out of the, out of the um, mm-hmm. launch phase. But I think kind of no matter how you, you set up your PPC for launch. If you go aggressive and you're, you know, targeting relevant keywords um, and you're getting activity clicks and people scrolling through the page and adding to cart and checking out, then you should see a nice movement in terms of your, um, in terms of your rankings. Um, So it's important to obviously track those keywords. And then 
um, have a way to get some reviews um, during that launch process so that you can actually convert people. Um, and I think one of the things you said um, is important also, do, do you generally come out with a more aggressive price because you don't have necessarily that social proof, which yeah. I would think around supplements is just like, you know, is so much more important than like, right. It's something I'm putting in my body. Like if I'm buying an office chair, you know, and it looks super cool and it's different. It's a different color or whatever. And like, okay, it has five reviews. Like I may still check it out. I can always return it or, or whatever. But if I'm buying a supplement, I don't necessarily even, I don't always know the results. I'm more trusting it. Like I take vitamin D and I don't really know other than the fact that I take a annual physical and like, I can see if my levels are okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I just buy from a brand that I trust because it, it's more so about, you know, it's more so about like, and it has the reviews, et cetera. And so I know it's probably a legitimate, uh, legitimate product. So are you generally launching with a more aggressive price point? Yeah. And also I, I do, I definitely launch with an aggressive pr- price point, but I keep it there because that's kind of part of the mission of the, of the company is um, I was sick and tired of like all these uh, supplement companies charging like an arm and a leg for supplements. What, and I, I know what they cost. So they right. really shouldn't be charging that much. Um, so that's why I decided to say, Hey, you know, all of, all of my friends at the gym, I don't want them to be paying, uh, you know, so much money. I don't want to personally be paying so much money for supplements. So I decided I'm going to go lower price point. And that was kind of the mission of the company from the beginning is, um, you know, clean ingredients, not a lot of fillers, uh, lower price point, uh, a lot more servings and kind of, you know, that's, it wasn't really a pricing strategy. It was just like a, this is the mission mission right like like um so you you kind of have a clear value proposition like high quality at affordable prices exactly. uh, uh for your company and you tend to focus on on mma i want to touch a little bit about that so you you uh or you tend to focus around athletes and and those that do mma so um how did you get into mma fighting and what is that like to to so you mentioned to me before you, you do MMA. What is that like to get into a ring with somebody and just fight? And how dangerous is it? Um, and yeah, how did you how did you get into MMA? So um, in 2013, uh, my friend calls me up, and I've always been like into like you know kung fu and like that kind of stuff. You know, you watch the movies, and um, it's like it's cool when people are like fighting and stuff. And um, so he called me and he said, hey, I just went to an MMA gym. He was in Texas. And he's like, MMA is so amazing. I said, oh, like if he's going, I got to go. And so I went that day, looked up, Googled like the closest gym. There was one a mile away from my house and it was a good gym. And so I went to it. Uh, My first class was a wrestling class. And as soon as I was done, uh, they're like, do you want to sign up? I said, yeah, sign me up. They're like a year. okay." I said, yeah, sign me up for a full year. Signed up for a year, and I never looked back ever since then. It, it's honestly been one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Um, main, like, not even just because of it, like being a great sport, but it's the the like the I guess spillover effect onto my mindset uh, mm-hmm. into like the rest of my life has been incredible. And uh, you know, it teaches you so much. Um, and I mean, getting into the ring, honestly, um, all I like remember is just like barely being able to breathe right because your heart rate is so high um yeah like i mean i don't remember too too much but the fights are exciting uh leading up to the fight you know you're you still like get nervous and you get in the ring you do what you do and it's always like um 
man, I should have did this. Man, I should have did this. But there's you not know? a lot of uh, protection, right? I mean, you really get physically hurt, no? Like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Um, you know, you do if you're not like, uh, if you're not careful, you're not covering yourself, but you can at any point in time, like get hurt. I mean, I've even gotten hurt in training. Like I've caught a knee to the, like uh, the face, um, you know, once before. So uh, it does get crazy, but I mean, in, in, in my fights, I really haven't gotten hurt. Um, I was like back to training, um, you know, within the next seven days. So, Mm -hmm. you know, thank God for that. But it is very, very exciting. And in terms of like, you know, the, the, like how it's impacted my life, it's impacted it so positively. Um, it really teaches you like to always be calm under stress and under pressure, uh, to never quit. Like, it's okay. Like if you, you know, don't, don't get it the first time, um, you never really lose, you, you know, you only win or you learn. And, um, you know, all of those things have definitely translated positively into my life. It's it made me definitely more confident. Um, so I can't be more grateful for starting MMA. It's, it's definitely been one of my best decisions. So, uh, so you're saying, um, other than obviously the physical fitness, it's also made you mentally tough and you, you would say Mm -hmm. that that has translated over into business. Oh yeah. It's definitely transitioning into business, uh, very well too, because I see a lot of people, you know, they pick up their first product, uh, you know, doesn't work so well. And they're like, Oh man, like, I don't know, this might be a scam. Like Amazon is not the op- a good opportunity. And I'm like, you know, to me, it's like, I, I just, it, it's wired in my brain. You fail, you try again, you fail, you try again, you, you know, you get punched and you get back up and, um, like there's no quit in me. I, you know, I'll never quit because I know uh, it's like drilled into your brain that if you only lose when you quit, if you actually like, if you lose a fight, you don't really lose, you know, you just learn something. But if you quit, that's when you really lost because right. you quit. If you never, and if you never get back in the ring. Exactly. And so that's kind of the biggest thing that's translated into business is like, I will never quit. You know, I'll never, I'll always like look at my uh, failures, uh, you know, quote unquote failures and learn from them instead of just resenting them. So um, exact same way as if you lose a fight. Right. Uh, absolutely. And so how, how often are you, you know, I don't know now with COVID, but how often are you getting into like rings with other guys and, and fighting MMA? So, um, you know, like officially twice a year, um, but then there are tournaments here and there, like jujitsu tournaments that I'll, I'll do. Um, mm. You know, I recently moved to California, so it's kind of been a big change for me. I don't know, like, the scene around here, and I, I'm glad I'm in, in a good gym now, but obviously COVID hit, so everything kind of took a, a big pause. But usually, like, two times a year, I would say, and then, um, you know, tr- just training every day. You, you kind of uh, get punched in the face every single day. Right. Wow. So, um, so you, and so you are training like at a gym with other guys with MMA, like on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five days a week. And then, you know, on the sixth day you're doing like drills and stuff like that to kind of do like active recovery. But yeah, there's a ton of like the gym I go to is there's a ton of fighters, a lot of incredibly talented people, um, with very bright futures. So, um, it's definitely, it's humbling, you know, because you go in there and, uh, no matter how hard you work, there's always someone working harder than you, which always is, is pushing me, you know, to be a better person. And, um, you know, it's it humbles you because no matter how good you think you are, there's always someone who's better than you. Right. And right. And I, and I think it's um, 
I think it's sort of using that competition to make yourself better, right? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to think of competition as driving to make me better, not driving to make me like dominate somebody else and make exactly. me feel better or in the same way, kind of compare myself to somebody else and, um, and it being like a negative driver for me. But I think you can use competition to, to help you elevate yourself, right? Thank, thank your competitor. Um, I watched a guy this weekend um, that did a, um, a guy, I've met him in person, but I also follow him on, on Instagram. And he did a, a, a race called Last Man Standing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this loop, you know, that you keep doing. It started with like 30 or 40 guys. And you keep running this like, um, you know, mile, mile loop. It had like an uphill. And you keep running it. You're supposed to do it in 20 minutes. If you do it in, in more, you're out. And then if you finish in less, you get a you get a you get to rest until the next uh, until the next loop starts. Um, and he ended up doing uh, the winner ended up having to do like 94, 95 miles uh, over wow. like, you know, 24 hours or, or something of running, including at night. And, and it was raining. Um, and at the end. So, you know, he only won when the other guy, you know, couldn't, you know, finish finish the the, the, the loop uh, in the 20 minutes. And at the end, like he hugged the guy, right? And he wasn't like jumping up and down in front of him, gloating or dancing. He hugged him because that guy pushed him to have to run 95 miles in order to win this race, right? So I think you mm-hmm. can look at, you know, I think you can look at your competitors that whether that's in the ring or on Amazon uh, as like pushing to, you know, because there's always going to be somebody doing better than you. Um, and so I feel like you can use that to push yourself to do more. Um, or you can make a negative, right? But it's like ultimately your choice in terms of how how you look at that uh, at that uh, competitor. Absolutely, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so awesome. So um, Mina, how do people get in touch with you if they want to like hire you for consulting, uh, or if they maybe they want to get in the ring and fight you MMA style <laughs> in California? Um, I know you're active in on you know, on Facebook and in a lot of the groups and I see you contributing a lot and, uh, and helping other people. Um, um, so that's super cool. How do they get in touch with the Egyptian prescription if they, if they want to reach out to you? Awesome. So, um, you know, uh, you can message me on Facebook, Mina Elias. I always, um, you know, answer my DMS, uh, on Instagram at Egyptian underscore prescription underscore Elias. And my email is Mina at MMANutritionLLC.com. Obviously, if you email me, I'll answer right away. So um, any of those works, you can find me on LinkedIn and message me. I'm pretty active on, like, all social platforms. So yep. if you message me anywhere, I get it and I answer. Awesome. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on. I think this is uh, was very insightful in terms of, like, talking about supplements and anybody who wants to get into supplements and also – um, utilizing uh, Amazon advertising for those uh, for those product launches and as well as a little bit about uh, MMA. So thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Mina Elias. And if you haven't yet joined our Facebook group, it's called E-Commerce Mindset. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the e-commerce mindset show. And if you enjoyed this uh, podcast episode, please share it with somebody who may find it useful. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.